Welcome to the Untrue Show, my personal journal covering life and lessons from an untrue point of view, hosted by me, Dana Jones. I am so happy to be back again talking to you guys on this episode of the Untrue Show, and I hope you all enjoy it. I have um, slowly but surely been getting back into the theater. I've only gone to see one movie um, in the last couple months. I had my mask on, all that stuff. Maybe there's like 10, 15 people there. Um, and it was a pretty large theater. So I felt okay with that. And I'm not sure how many big movies I'd want to go see in a crowded theater right now. I'm um, just given everything that's going on, but I was comfortable. I went in the afternoon on a Saturday and I saw Black Widow. I enjoyed it. Um, but the movie I'm going to talk about in this episode is one that I watched in my home theater. <laughs> um, it came out on HBO Max and it is Space Jam. And I have to be honest. Ever since they announced that they were going to make another Space Jam, I've been really, really excited about, you know, the process and about seeing the new Space Jam and just felt a lot of um, enthusiasm around the whole idea of having a space, another Space Jam. And I just really wanted to talk about some of my favorite moments from the new movie uh, and why I was so excited about seeing it. So first and foremost... When I think about the Space Jam brand, it just makes me really nostalgic for a time in my childhood that, you know, we're never going to get back before it. We had Michael Jordan, who was probably one of the was one of the biggest sports persons (laughs) of that decade in the 90s. And um, the things that he did with the Bulls, like I don't even think I knew what the NBA was outside of who he was. Like I knew about, um, Michael Jordan and he was like the biggest, the biggest, biggest star of the NBA. Like I couldn't name that many NBA players from that time until I got a little bit older, but I knew who Michael Jordan was. And I knew really early from all the commercials, from all the advertisements, more from the brand tie-ins than I did from the NBA. I don't ever really remember watching any of his games then but I knew who he was like you you knew who Michael Jordan was I remember watching the Michael Jackson video jam where it was MJ versus MJ so Michael Jordan and um, Michael Jackson played basketball together and I remember Michael Jordan trying to show him how to moonwalk and do all the dances with his blouse (laughs) I'm laughing because I'm thinking about the Dave Chappelle joke about the blouses but he did have on a a button-up shirt and like a wife beater under it and like black pants you know the trademark Michael Jackson outfit and then Michael Jordan had on like his trademark like Nike sweats and he was like teaching them how to do the moonwalk and do all the things with the shoes and of course Michael Jordan could not do it and then um, Michael Jordan was trying to teach Michael Jackson how to play basketball which I don't remember him being too bad but of course he wasn't like Michael Jordan level good so (laughs) um, that was like the premise of the whole video of them in this vacated little warehouse or whatever playing basketball and I remember heavy D in the background but anyway Michael Jordan was the 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 king in the 90s in terms of thinking about sports and thinking about basketball so when he did Space Jam I just remember it being this big deal and it's so crazy because as I thought about the new movie I've realized I feel like I've only seen the old movie like one time it isn't a movie I watch over and over and over and over again And I thought about watching it ahead of watching the new one, but I couldn't even motivate myself to like watch it again because what was a moment about the movie in the 90s for me was the brand tie-ins, was the brand of Michael Jordan, was uh, the marketing they did around the movie. I remember that being so huge. I remember 
um, the soundtrack. The soundtrack was a whole movement. So the first thing I'd say I remember or I thought about when I saw this new movie was just the nostalgia, the feeling that Space Jam gave me as a kid. Like I wasn't even tween then. So as a young kid, like seeing this movie, seeing this moment, I remember um, the soundtrack, like I said, of course, the big songs from it, I Believe I Can Fly was huge and it was just such a moving, powerful song. It was more than a song. It was a moment. Uh, I remember Monica had a song on the soundtrack, the uh, For You I Will, which was so huge. And Quad City DJs were on the soundtrack. And if you know anything about 90s music, Quad City DJs were, I mean, to me, like just the bomb. I remember Come On Ride That Train. And so when they were on the Space Jam soundtrack, I just thought it was the coolest thing. So I remember that and then I remember just the tie-ins with of course Bugs Bunny. Um to me Bugs Bunny is Bugs Bunny. I mean, he's awesome. He's he's a big thing in his own right. Um and so just having the animation plus the live action was really different. I don't feel like a lot of movies were doing that at that time that that really resonated with me at the age I was at. Like I do remember the um Roger Rabbit, the Who Framed Roger Rabbit movie which came out a lot earlier than Space Jam and it had live action and animation and that was really different at the time but I was a little young for that one so I don't remember it being as big of a thing and like I said the Space Jam movie was a big thing because of the Jordan brand so anyway so that's my first favorite thing about Space Jam and the two movies is the nostalgia like thinking back on the previous movie and all how big it was and then the excitement leading up to the new movie I feel like they announced this movie years ago I know they filmed it I want to say two years ago so the fact that we've been talking about it for so long it had a lot of build up for me and like I said a lot of nostalgia and a lot of enthusiasm around what is it going to be what are they going to do uh, what is it going to look like and I definitely don't think I was let down by a lot of the things in the movie so the second one I kind of touched on this a little bit was the marketing so the brand side of the movie is is big to me especially working in marketing uh I knew that Space Jam like I didn't go into it expecting this Oscar worthy movie but I did go into expecting to see some really great marketing and brand tie-ins to me it was like a two-hour LeBron James commercial which I don't mind because I like LeBron James so it wasn't you know irking to me to see him and not only him but like the Looney Tunes brands and the Warner Brothers brands align and, and, and tie into a lot of marketing campaigns by a lot of stores big and small stores um, and it's crazy because a lot of brands that I follow partnered with them, but then a lot of brands that I don't follow um, and people that I do follow on social media sharing what those brands did was really cool to watch. So some of the ones that I saw uh, through emails or through my timeline and marketing on it um, were Forever 21, Alex and Ani, um, and Build-A-Bear. So those were ones that I saw, like I think I got a sponsor tweet for Build-A-Bear and I was like, oh, they're doing like a stuffed Tasmanian devil with the Toon Squad jersey on it, which I thought was really cute. Um, I, I I love watching what Builder Bear does. I know they have like the Black Panther uh, teddy bear that tied in with the Black Panther movie. And every time I see their tie-ins, I'm like, oh, I wish I could justify getting the bears. <laughs> but I don't have anywhere to put all these bears. So it was nice to see the ad and just admire it for what it was and to myself down from the ledge from going to purchase another bear <laughs> um 
another one, like I said, I saw was Forever 21. So they did a lot of t-shirts, sweatshirts uh, for kids and adults that tied into the film. I want to say the sneakers app, of course, had a sneaker tie-in. Um, I'm not a, a big purchaser of LeBron shoes, so I didn't really fall or, or really see that one a lot, but I'm sure it was out there. Another one that someone that I follow shared that I don't have a pet, so I wouldn't know about this one, but BarkSpox did a tie-in with a couple toys. And, you know, BarkBox, if you haven't heard of them, is like a box for pets. And that's all I can tell you about them because I don't have a pet. But it looked like chew toys for dogs um, and different little treats for them um, that tied into the film. So, like I said, the, the movie to me is just a big brand tie-in. And I honestly felt like the brands did a really good job of creating marketing materials that align with the movie, especially because the movie was delayed. I want to say it was supposed to come out last year. And like I said, I think it was filmed in 2019. So it, you know, it's been interesting to watch how these movies have delays and how the brand partnerships still work. Because I remember, I want to say last summer, the Revlon Wonder Woman partner ship came out or you know brand tie-in came out but the wonder woman movie didn't come out till december so the fact that you know we're we're well into this pandemic and everything going on and the brands are still able to keep those tie-ins and have the tie-in be timed with the movie release is is you know powerful just because i know it's really hard um a lot of times you're working on campaigns well in advance and if you have the products ready you know you don't want to sit on the products you don't want to hold them you want to get it out but then it's like you're putting the products out but the movie's not out so you know it's it's hard to align all the things in marketing (laughs) just to be truthful like you want to roll out a product but you have to promote the product but then you have to make sure the product drives a certain amount of sales and gets a certain amount of visibility and then that people even recognize what you're talking about because of course if they see a logo for instance like the wonder woman tie and i was talking about that's cool we see wonder woman marketing in summer but people at the time were probably like, when's the movie coming out? Well, the movie's not out yet. And maybe they didn't get as many sales as when they would have had if the product released, like right when the movie came out. So I'm curious about that. I feel like it's something I'm going to take note on and do research of like the timing of product tie-ins with movies and how successful they are, how much sales they drive and how does the alignment work? Like I said, do you want to get well ahead of the curve and promote it way ahead of the movie? I've never really seen that. I feel like you want to promote it right as the movie's coming out. It's like being an actor and doing press. Actors don't really do press until they need press. They don't do press like a year ahead of a movie coming out. Rarely. Some of them do, but a lot of them, it's like we don't really hear from them. And then all of a sudden we hear from them a lot and then they just kind of go away. I think to me, um, Blake Lively is a good example of this. Like when she's doing a movie, she's has her high fashion game on. She's at all the late night shows. She's at all the daytime shows. When she's not doing a movie, um, we don't really hear a lot from her. Um, otherwise, like sometimes we get a peek into her home life, but for the most part, it's just this big blitz when there's time to promote something and a, a die down or a, you know, shy away from the public when you don't have something to promote, which I feel like, you know, fits the cycle of what everybody else does to promote their, their products and their things. So, uh, like I said, the second favorite thing I had about Space Jam was the marketing, the branding and the tie-ins and watching what everyone did and how creative they got. I personally didn't buy anything. Uh, It's not because I didn't like anything. It's just because I didn't buy anything. Um, The last email I got around the tie-in was the Alex and Ani bracelets. And I love those. I haven't bought one in a long time, but I was like, that's pretty cool that 
they tied into this movie because um, it makes me wonder just because who buys Alex and Ani bracelets, was that market really excited for the film? And yeah, I'm going to take a second look at those bracelets just because I don't remember exactly what the bracelets look like. I just remember seeing the marketing or the, the, the text around how they were partnering up together. So should be interesting. I don't know of anyone that bought any of the stuff. Like I said, I did see the bark box. Um, of course I saw some PR boxes go out to celebrities who talked about the film, but for the most part, um, I can't think of any of that stuff that I purchased or know of my friends purchasing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and maybe that says something. So maybe that says, Nobody really wanted to buy it or, or I don't know. I, I, like I said, I feel like the movie was a moment and it was very nostalgic to me, but I don't have any original Space Jam merch. So I didn't feel like I felt towards other movies coming out. Like I remember Wonder Woman came out. I got a Wonder Woman shirt to go see the movie. Uh, Lion King came out. I got a Lion King shirt to go see the movie and we're after it. And Black Panther came out. I got a Black Panther shirt. Um, but to me, that was a whole really, 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 really huge moment because we'd never had a superhero film of that caliber with that budget with an all black cast filmed in Atlanta. So there's just to me so much, um, so much more pulling on my heartstrings, I guess that made me want to just get go all out for seeing that film. And I didn't feel that same vibe with space jam. Like I said, I only saw the first movie like one time and I remember when I was a kid, they used to rerun it on TBS all the time. Um, that was the in the days where TBS was just getting started and they had like this set rotation of content blocks that they used to play. Like they used to play the Simpsons reruns a lot. They used to run Space Jam a lot. Like they were constantly playing the same thing, which is fine. But I just don't ever remember being engaged with the Space Jam movie. Yeah, I didn't like that first one that much, just to be honest. And as I watched LeBron in the movie, I thought that he was a decent actor. I mean, it's it's like, are you, I mean, I know you're acting because you're playing a version of yourself, not necessarily you're playing yourself, but I think that I would watch him in another movie. I was telling a friend, I was like, I did enjoy him, but he was no Ray Allen or Jesus Shuttlesworth. And they were like, who is Jesus Shuttlesworth? And I was like, girl, you don't know who Jesus Shuttlesworth is? And had to break down to them. <laughs> um, actually, it was the girl who I, who does my wax at European Wax Centers. I'm like telling her about this. She's like, who is Jesus Shuttlesworth? And so I had to tell her about He Got Game. And I'm like, girl, you need to watch that for movie night. Because it's, to me, it's one of my favorite Spike Lee films. But I thought that Ray Allen was an actor. I didn't know he was a basketball player. And so... I didn't get that energy from LeBron, but again, this is a whole different caliber of a film. You're literally playing yourself or a version of yourself, but I did think he, you know, had really great screen presence. I liked the cast that they picked for his family. And that's the third thing that I really liked about the movie, the way that they cast his family. I thought the kid that played his son, um, I thought he did a really, really good job. And his son, the main son, because there's he, he has two sons, and he had two sons in the film and one daughter like he does in real life, but they all had different names in the movie. And the son that is the main character that gets lost in, you know, the animated world is this gamer, and he's developed this game, and the Space Jam game that they play in the movie is heavily based, if not fully based, on the son's concept in his game and so essentially what the game is is this elevated version of basketball so it's not regular basketball but it's this extra version of basketball like if you have a really unique dunk you get extra points and so the game of 
the score of the game ended up being like over the thousands because of how he had programmed the game to to play and how he'd programmed the game to be. So you couldn't just play traditional basketball to win. You had to get creative. Like they had uh, freestyle battle segments. They had water elements. They did all these different things and power ups in order to win the game based on the son's uh, creativeness and his development of what the game was supposed to be. So I really enjoyed the child actor who played his, his main son and um, the woman who played his wife, that she was really, really beautiful. She had this really pretty short natural haircut. Um, and they weren't really in the film a lot, but I enjoyed when they were. So they had really great screen presence and they all looked like a family. So I thought that was great. Um, Another thing is this, the, the main story of the movie is this father-son story where, you know, the son is trying to do his own thing, be his own person. And the dad's like, you know, LeBron is like really insistent that the son play basketball and that that's what he's supposed to do. But the son is really passionate about video games. And so coming to terms with, you know, what your child wants to do versus what you want them to do is a, is a storyline there. And it's relatable because everybody has that dynamic with their parents sometimes. I think we want to live this life that's our life that we have you know, authority and ownership over versus our parents having this vision for who we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to do. And so that was a big um, part of the story. And I, I enjoyed that. I thought it, like I said, was really relatable and was something that um, is understandable too. Like sometimes you get into a movie or at least for me, I'm watching a movie and I'm like, wait, where is this going? I missed, I missed a little detail and I can't follow the rest. And this wasn't a movie like that. If you miss a little detail, everything else can flow into place. Uh, I saw someone on Twitter talk about how basically this movie is like Hook. And it was kind of similar to Hook where, you know, Robin Williams was in Neverland and he left Neverland and he doesn't believe anymore. He has to come back and, you know, his son has to convince him to believe in order to save the son. And so it was a similar vibe of that. of The son gets lost in this world. The dad has to come and the only way he can win or get the son back is to just try to... to play by the sun's rules and it's essentially what happened in, in space jam uh another thing that i really liked was the animation and i say that because i like that it was live action and animated and that lebron had like an animated avatar that was pretty cool to see him you know be an animated character for a little bit of the movie and i love the quality of the animation i thought it was awesome um the, the last thing that I really, really loved about the movie was Don Cheadle. <laughs> and I like seeing Don Cheadle be the bad guy. I mean, there's a lot of things that I've seen him in and everything that I see him in, I love. So um, I'm easily impressed whenever I see Don Cheadle on screen. Um, and I like seeing him be, you know, the antagonist of the film. I like seeing him be the bad guy. I liked... I like that. I, I, I just like him. <laughs> and I've really enjoyed pandemic television viewing where I've been able to see him more. Like I got really into Black Monday. So I've been watching him in that. And he's pretty funny there. I wouldn't say he's the, the, the bad guy there, but he's definitely not the good guy. So it's cool to watch him there. And then he was in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So I really enjoyed seeing him play, you know, his character from all the Marvel movies in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And I always think about how I remember seeing him in Boogie Nights and I loved him there. So I'm just a fan of Don Cheadle. I thought he was a great addition to this movie. I thought he was a great villain. 
um, he was essentially like the internet. That was literally his character is Algorithm was his name. So like algorithm, <laughs> um, you know, play on words. And it's funny because if you ever think about like the Microsoft paperclip, that was in this movie too of the Microsoft paperclip being like his right hand thing. Um, so I thought that was funny. <laughs> Uh, you know, I've really, if you haven't seen the movie, I definitely recommend it. And I, I really enjoyed it overall. I, 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 like I said, I didn't go in with these expectations that it was going to be just this award winning experience or award winning moving movie, but I overall thought it brought me joy. I, I enjoyed it. Um, the last one is a bit of a spoiler. So if you haven't seen the movie, um, and you don't want to hear a spoiler, I'd say skip over this one, but the final thing that was my favorite part of the movie is there's this big moment and everybody's going through this pep talk and they say, okay, we got him here. He's going to come in and, you know, give us a talk. And they're like, it's Michael Jordan. And <laughs> it was, it was Michael Jordan, but it wasn't Michael Jordan, the basketball player. It was Michael B. Jordan, the actor. And he actually quoted, um, pulled a quote from when he was on Friday night lights, which I thought was funny. So it was unexpected, but I was dying laughing over. I was like, this is hilarious. Cause I, I was like, there's no way Michael Jordan is making a cameo in this movie. And I'm sure enough, I was right, but it's funny that he brought Michael B. Jordan and, um, yeah, it was a cool moment to just laugh at. So anyway, those are my five favorite things about space jams. Like I said, nostalgia, the marketing and brand tie-ins, the family dynamic, the animation, Don Cheadle, and Michael B. Jordan. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. And if you guys haven't seen Space Jam, I highly, highly recommend it. I think it's a, a good time, a fun, a fun film to watch that'll just put a laugh on your face. Um, I, I forgot to mention the nostalgia. I've really enjoyed seeing Iron Giant. I'm such a fan of that movie. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. If you haven't, I highly recommend it. I want to say it was Brad Bird's first film. And if you don't know who Brad Bird is, he did The Incredibles. Um, and so he did Iron Giant. And I think it's one of my favorite non-Disney animated films. I really enjoyed it and the story behind it. And the giant had a little cameo in Space Jam. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. So Again, check it out if you want to have a little bit of nostalgia if you grew up in the 90s. And if you are just looking for something that will just put a smile on your face for a little bit of time. And we all need that right now, right? So anyway, thank you so much for listening. I am on social media as The Great Dana J. And my blog is thegreatdanaj.com where you can listen to more of my podcast episodes. And I hope that you come back soon. Subscribe. Give me a review if you can, if you'd like to, if you enjoyed this episode. And I will talk to you guys soon. Bye.